Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. You know, we're trying to come up with some non-idiot policies. We're, we're trying to make laws that actually do what they're supposed to. You know what I think? I think the real issue of America is there's just not enough common sense in this country. You need common sense, common sense. Yeah, we're trying to avoid a lot of that dumb shit that isn't working uh, in lieu of something that will. Yeah, I guess just don't eat sugar? I don't fucking know. You're welcome, everybody! No, it's my part. I do that. <laughs> welcome, everybody. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. And I am Tim Carpenter. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this evening. <laughs> we have a very special episode for you. There, I did your part. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much what I say every time. I, I should probably mix it up a little bit. We have a v- very awful episode for you. It is It is uh, abnormally awful, to be honest. So, yeah, we come up with some uh, some pretty negative topics to talk about. Uh, as is tradition here on Cynic Empowerment, there's some sad things in the world that we would like to bring to your attention. And of course, we don't want to leave you hanging. So we try to come up with a silver lining so that you don't feel so sad when you get off of here that you go and do something terrible. So we're going to do our best. <laughs> exactly. But our work's cut out for us. This is, uh, this was going to be a little bit of a doozy. Yeah. So we're, we're trying out this uh, this little template here where we're gonna sandwich a couple of things with uh, with uh, some some uh, lighter topics <laughs> in order to kind of ease in. We'll let you decide which topics are the lighter topics and which ones are the heavy hitters. That's uh, user discretion advised. Really is, yeah. Why am I here telling them that? They know. You're big boys and girls. You know how to tell what's sad or not. Just uh, all you gotta do, you gotta like, you gotta take your finger and you gotta put it up next to your eyeball. Is your eyeball all wet? Cause you've been boohooing. Are your eyes leaking? Yep. Are they leaking all over the place? And if you get through the episode and your eyes aren't leaking, you may or may not be a monster. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Uh, okay, so we might as well just jump right into it. This is possibly the saddest case I've ever heard of. There's this woman, okay, and uh, lay it on me, lay it on me thick. You see, it's always in your best interest to follow the law. The law is more often than not there so that you can be a safer citizen, uh, so that you can enjoy your life, and that you can experience uh, freedoms and. Yeah, law equals freedom. Never forget that. Never forget that combination of words. Uh, yeah, I've always heard that that dumb. I think it's uh, John Locke, uh, where we give up some of our freedoms in order to uphold the rest. And I was like, ah, yeah, kinda. But in this particular instance, you know, just go up the goddamn escalator. <laughs> Laws are great because they keep us safe, Jimmy. Mm, that's why I gotta wear my seatbelt. 
That way I don't get fined. Seatbelt. You know what's bullshit about that? Everything. Yeah. Well, okay. There's one instance that I can think of where wearing your seatbelt is actually going to infringe upon the rights of someone else, right? If you get in a terrible, terrible accident, you go on a bajillion miles an hour, and you hit some immobile object, and you are thrown from your vehicle because you are not wearing your seatbelt, you are in an involuntary missile, right? Okay. It's dangerous. Oh, you're so wait. So you're saying you should wear seatbelts? Absolutely. Oh yeah. No, right. But that's the law. I thought you were gonna go the other way of like it's bullshit. I should be able to drive around with no seatbelt, and that's why I'm a libertarian. I just don't want to ride a seat. Definitely not going the libertarian route. I think that you should have the right as an independent person to uh, I don't know take part in whatever type of dangerous activity that you would like as long as it's not harming anyone else that's not a consenting adult in the process. I think that's convoluted but also specific enough to be perfect. Yes. So, when it comes to escalators, do you really have to follow the rules? What are the rules of an escalator? I've never I'm a 26-year-old adult and no one has ever explained to me the rules of an escalator. Oh, this is what I know of an escalator. You have an up, you have a down. Yep. You don't really have to walk on it. I, like anyone who's an asshole that tries to walk past you in an escalator is a piece of shit. Like it's already fucking moving. Yep. Like there's like there's not a lot of fucking space. Like you can you can barely fit two people side by side on the escalator. Like how much fucking of a hurry are you that you're in a goddamn fucking mall and you've got to walk past somebody? I know the Dippin' Dots are on the second floor and you really want them, but calm your tits. For reals, they're they're trying to pretend like they're not excited as fuck to be on an escalator. It, it's like savor it's it. like a roller coaster, but you don't have to pay for it. You just like. Standing there and it's moving you around, it is a goddamn modern marvel. Like, you, you should be excited to be on an escalator. I know I am. Like, sometimes I wanted to just, like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a couple revolutions. I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna go up. And I'm just gonna make a day of it. Honestly, I get, I get hardcore escalator uh, anxiety. I never know when it's the right time to step on the escalator and the right time to step off. I always feel like I, I misjudge it every time. And, I, and I'm like a gymnast that I have to try to stick the landing and make it look like I totally stepped when I wanted to, even though it's very uncomfortable. You got a couple of judges, like, standing off to the side when you get off, and they're like, That's how I feel! He's coming up to the exit, and he steps off, and that's a stick. He's stuck it. There's a 10. There's a 10. Oh, there's a 9.5. He's a stickler judge. I feel as if everyone that's behind me on the goddamn fucking escalator is just watching me, judging me, being like, dumbass, he doesn't know when to fucking step off the escalator and when to step on it. Nobody does. They watched too many, like, trauma in the ER uh, episodes when they were younger with kids getting their shoelaces stuck in the bottom and they get their whole fucking leg just, like, drug into the escalator. It's like their legs, like, getting all, like, blue. So that's what you're getting at, Tim. So basically, if we don't follow the laws of the escalator, we're going to get sucked in and eaten by the giant escalator monster. Is that what you're telling me? I, I think that is the gist of it. Okay. So if we disobey, uh, you know, what lawmaking body is going to come after us? Is there an escalator police? Apparently there is. Well, not anywhere in the world, though. There's not an escalator police in, say, United States or Bangkok or Europe. No, the escalators police are saved specifically for Canada, which yeah. only seems appropriate. Yeah, in, in Montreal. 
hey, if you could, uh, if you could please just, uh, put your hand on the handrail, that would be, uh, that would be really nice of you. I'd really appreciate it. That's my best Canadian accent. That's pretty good. I, I like that. That's fine. If you were, if this was like an animated cartoon, I'd, I'd, I would allow you to voice it. You could, that'd be fine. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate you saying those kinds of things. So, while in the United States, when people go to the Supreme Court, it's usually for trying to keep women from having abortions, or they're tired of their black friends and relatives from getting murdered by police. In Canada, apparently, not holding the handrail is cause for reaching the Supreme Court. This is not a joke. This happened... Two days ago, this story was published, April 16th, where a woman was fined $100 for failing to hold the handrail. I'm assuming at a mall. It doesn't necessarily say where it was. I'm guessing either mall and or airport. Those are the two places I fucking see escalators. And then she was fined an additional $320 for failing to identify herself. So basically this person didn't hold a handrail because they're a goddamn adult and they know how to balance. They don't need a fucking handrail to ride the slowest shit fucking escalator. Yeah. And some cop was like, oh, hey, oh, you know, you really should hold that. And she maintained eye contact and didn't touch the fucking rail because it was unnecessary. And he was like, hey, oh, you better tell me who you are so I can write this ticket for you. She's like, go fuck yourself. She didn't say that, but... Of course not. She's Canadian. She emotionally said, go fuck yourself by not telling him who she who she was. But honestly, like, how ridiculous is that? Like, total, that's $420 in fines, ultimately, yeah. for not holding her handrail. And some uh, legal body, uh, not, not a uh, civil rights body, uh, called the SCC. I don't know what it stands for. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Suck Cockers... Uh, of Canada, of Canada. Yeah, campsite. <laughs> campsite. Yeah, yeah, of Canada. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Except for not that, because they're good people, unlike the cocksucker cop that gave her a fine. And <laughs> they, the SCC took her case, and they're basically taking the Supreme Court of saying, hey, this person's rights were violated by this fucking dickhead cop. Yep. So, um... Yeah, I mean, like, detaining her for 30 minutes, that's certainly excessive. I can think of uh, of things that I've been pulled over for, and uh, I was certainly worse than not holding a handrail on an escalator, and they didn't hold me through 30 minutes. But it might also be because I was immediately like, yep, I did that. And they were like, okay, here's your ticket. I'm like, okie dokie, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. And then I went on my way. But I'm sure, like, you could make any situation that much more explosive. You can exacerbate the smallest of infractions if you decide to – uh, not do what the cop says. And it's a really unfortunate way that the process works. You know, the, the cop has this kind of extrajudicial power uh, to be able to give a hundred dollar fucking fines for not holding a goddamn handrail. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to meet quotas at that point. It's definitely like, oh, end of the month's here and you know, chief's on my ass. You know, he's like, hey, uh, Officer Johnson, uh, you know, you haven't been really pulling over as many people in your, in your cute little square wheel cop car. I'd really like you to do more of that, if you wouldn't mind. And he's like, okay, sir, I'm just going to head over to the mall and get me some Canadian food. I don't know, what do they eat in Canada? Oh, what's, what's it called? Gratin? Gratin? Whatever, where it's like chili oh. on top of uh, something else? <laughs> <laughs> chili on something. Maybe some mashed, wait, no, not mashed potatoes. Is wait, it is it chili? Huh? Poutine. 
gravy on fries. There you go. Go down to the local mall, and I'm going to give me some poutine. And, uh, oh, but that lady, she's not holding on to the handrail. That's not safe. A miss. A miss. A miss. A miss. Excuse, could you please, could you please hold on to the handrail? I'm not your motherfucker. You motherfucker, I'm never going to hold on to it. Please, <laughs> miss. I'm trying to ask you to hold on to that. I'm your motherfucker. I'm never, never, <laughs> I'm never going to make you hold on to that. That's Bella Kasoyan. That's, that's Bella Kasoyan. I'm, I'm, Who? That's Bella Kasoyan. From? It, that's the lady. <laughs> Wait, what? That's her name. I thought you were doing some character. No, it's Bella Kasoyan. and she's like, I'm not, I'm not gonna fuck you. Fuck off, Kyle. You fuck, me. <laughs> fuck you. He's like smoking a cigarette inside of the fucking mall. <laughs> like, oh, excuse me, a miss. You're not supposed to be smoking a cigarette in here. Can you please hold the handrail? <laughs> I I highly doubt that's how it went, but yeah, it was probably exactly the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what would justify the cop to be like, well, looks like I have to give you a hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it's true because other if, if unless she was like some demon possessed, <laughs> like muttering under her breath, smoking inside the mall, it really makes zero sense. Yeah, it's like, well, damn, I was just gonna be like, hey, could you please like follow the the rules of the escalator and hold on to the handrail? All right, cool, I'm gonna be on my way. But instead, it's like. What could she have done? Did she like punch him in the balls? <laughs> uh, miss, uh, miss, if you could, <laughs> if you could just hold on to the handrail, please. You motherfucker, pow! Oh, miss, if you could please maintain holding on to the handrail while punching me in the balls, I, I would hate for you to get hurt while you punch me in the balls. Oh man, yeah. So obviously this is bullshit. Yeah, but also a little bit funny that this is a stream. Oh, I just realized the SCC stands for Supreme Court Canada. I'm a fucking idiot. This is, that's not the fucking, that's not some fucking Silver Liberties Institute. Yeah, it's the, it's the Suck Cockers campsite. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm an American, so I'm supposed to make fun of Canadians? I don't know. Yeah, you're just a hat, Canada, don't you ever forget it. Alright, one more thing about Canada before we move on and talk about the silver lining. I was uh, hanging out in Old Town Alexandria a couple weekends ago, and there was a guy with a backpack who was walking beside us. We just passed a big group of students that were vacationing in the area, and uh the guy was, uh, you know, like he, he looked kind of like quizzical, like he was like double taking a lot, like looking at the kids and then like looking around, like he looked kind of confused. Uh, and you know, like I, I guess you know we're relatively approachable folks, and he asked us very politely, "As can I steal these kids? Do these kids belong to anyone?" I was, "Hey, you, you know anybody about those kids? Can I get one of those?" No, no. <laughs> he was like, uh, "So." Uh, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I'm I'm from I'm from Canada, but uh, I I always thought that the rest of the world was joking when they talked about the kids wearing the Make America Great Again hats. That's actually kind of scary. And I was like, Yeah, dude, it's it's a uh, it's this a is real our thing. fucking reality, bro. Yeah, and he just like he did like one of those like he like rolled his eyes and like breathed out like a lot. You know, he's like. Ooh. Wow. 
And that was it. That was it. He just walked on. <laughs> and I was like, are you like making fun of the United States? Like, I don't even care about, I don't even care about that kid. And I think he's being an asshole for wearing a hat that he doesn't understand. How old was the kid? Uh, I mean, these kids are like, uh, they're like, like middle schoolers, like at, at most, like freshmen in high school kind of age. I mean, they either A, think they're edgy, or B, their aunt bought them for them, them for Christmas. Uh, no, I think these kids are, yeah, they're trying to be edgy. Uh, it's something that, that gets a lot of attention. Uh, and when you're that age, that's, that's, that's all what you want. want. You know, you try to wear a lot of bright colors. You try to wear expensive name brands. Because it's like uh, it's like the peacocking effect, right? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at me. I'm awesome shit. And that's why they hang out in big groups. <laughs> because as soon as they go down an alley by themselves, they get robbed. Is that so? Uh, oh, my. Yeah, Daddy Trump going to get my, my little teenage dick suck so good. I'm going to wear this mug hat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, that's basically how it works. Trump is alpha. Therefore, if I wear his hat, I am also alpha. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, that's how that works. Keep doing that, little kids. Uh, so, uh, silver lining, what, what do you think, man? The, the things that American cops get away with on, on, on some level, I'm just kind of in awe, but also happy that this individual's like, fuck you, I can do what the fuck I want on an escalator. Yeah. And is able to take this asshole cop that's just like, oh, I'm gonna be so far behind on my quota now, now that I gotta go attend Supreme Court and try to defend myself. And so, <laughs> I just wanted some poutine. <laughs> I just wanted some poutine, man. Maybe she like, called him out from across the room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you fat up cop. Look what I'm doing. I'm lifting my hand up off the hand right You gonna do anything about this? Huh? Huh? You gonna do something? It's your job. <laughs> it says right here that uh, you're supposed to do some shit. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, holding the cops accountable are good no matter how big or small the infraction and that uh, cops' heads are too big and they're power-tripping assholes. Not all of them, but enough of them to make the entire lot look bad. Yeah, and it's it's hard to tell. You always got to go case by case. Right. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's hop on in. Uh, so this next story, yeah, this next story comes to us from, uh, BBC World News. Uh, we're going to be heading over to Bangladesh to discuss the story behind, uh, Nusrat Jahan Rafi. Uh, so apparently this happened on the 27th of March. It was a girl, uh, 19 years old from a small town uh, and uh, the name of the town is Finney, which is 100 miles south of Dhaka. Uh, do you know where either of those places are? No, I don't. No, I don't know Bangladesh. I have no idea either. So those of you with uh, some, some kind of uh, ability to be able to, to tell us a little bit more about that area and as to why these terrible things have happened, we would really appreciate hearing from you because I'm at a loss. Jimmy, do you do, do you want to try to do you want to try to tell the story? Yeah, I'll do it the best I can, uh, try to give it justice. So this is blatantly awful, and I think the last time we had a horrible story like this, we just ripped off the band-aid real quick, and I'm just going to read the news title of it, so that way everyone can uh, mentally prepare themselves. So Nusrat Jahan Rafi was burned, uh, burned to death for reporting sexual harassment. So this is much like... Our previous story of uh, we did many months ago where an individual in India was burned, not to death, but severely disfigured, burns covering 
over 70% of her body for reporting sexual assault. And Tim and I, just to give context here, tried to go back and find that story to see what was the outcome of it. So we went to Google. We typed in uh, women uh, burned uh, in India, and there were so many search results we could not find the original story that we had used in the previous episode. Episode. So just giving you context here, this is a very widespread issue. It happens all the time. I think talking to you earlier, Tim, there's over 2,500 reports of this happening per year. I don't know if, if that was just Bangladesh or just India or a combination of the, of the two. That was That was India in particular, and that particular number was associated with bride burning, uh, which is a practice where the, uh, the, the husband's family, uh, receives a certain dowry in order to marry the, the wife. And if that the wife's family does not pay that dowry or if the, the husband's family requires more dowry, uh, then they end up taking action in this ridiculously violent fashion in which they uh, they pour kerosene over the bride and then they burn her uh, and it's it's a way to kind of make it look like it's an accident uh, because they use these dangerous kerosene stoves so there's a there's like plausible deniability there uh, but that that's exclusively that type so that doesn't even include all the incidents in which women try to report sexual assault and then are retroactively burned by their previous assailants to try to hide their crime that doesn't even include those numbers that's just independent so uh you know basic logic the number is much higher than that so it's a super widespread issue basically to get to the point here is that it's so widespread we couldn't even find the fucking news article that we had referenced uh, not that many months ago to try to make correlations between the two stories. So just to get an idea of how prevalent this this awful fucking shit is. So this individual, Rafi, uh, she was uh, sexually assaulted by the headmaster of her school. Apparently she lives in a very conservative rural area, very traditionally Muslim-type area and she was criticized for trying to have justice for bringing her sexual assaulter uh, out in the open and having him have to pay for the crimes that he committed against her Um, but she kept pursuing and was supported by her uh, loving family but instead of this headmaster who ultimately sexually assaulted her having him have to pay for his crimes Instead, in a series of awful events, one day when she was going to school, yep. one of her friends – what's that? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm agreeing. That, yeah, it's, it, it was after a series of events. She was uh, uh, told to go back to school and uh, to return in order to take finals. Uh, go ahead. Uh, yep, sorry. No, no, that's fine. I, I, I missed the part about the reason why she was going back to the school where she had – been assaulted was because she needed to take the final under the premise that she needed to take uh finals for her classes of which she was taking and when she gets to the school uh she was going with her brother her brother was there to protect her um one of her friends came to her and said hey one of my my uh one of my friends is being uh bullied or attacked on the top of the the school how about you come with me and we can try to stop it or whatever. And so 
At which point Rafi was taken to the roof of her school where instead of someone being bullied, uh, there were, I think, 10 people wearing burqas that told her that she should take back her claims that the headmaster had uh, raped her. And she refused because she wanted justice for what it had happened to her. And at that point, the people wearing the burqas took kerosene and covered her in it and set her on fire. Yep. Uh, yeah, she was, uh, she was burned. Uh, let's see. I want to make sure that I get the exact number right. I guess it's not particularly important. She was burned over the majority of her body. Yeah, and her, her head was being held down. Uh, so, uh, I mean, if you can say that anything's fortunate about it, uh, her head wasn't burned. Uh, and, uh, there have been uh, a, a couple of people who have been apprehended by police uh, as possible suspects. Uh, but because these people are wearing burqas, uh, it's hard to tell exactly who they were. Uh, yeah, these uh, a couple of them uh, were leading protests in favor of the headmaster, um, which I can only attribute to, like, I guess some, like, alt-right kind of bullshit, like, people that are like obviously doing something wrong and then they're like, Oh, you know, like I'm going to do this just because it sets me apart just because it makes me look edgy. Right. Like a counter protest. You have someone who's had experienced some extreme, uh, travesty and awful. And it's like, I'm going to create a counter protest to that for the awful monster. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's create a counter protest for the Grinch. The Grinch like Grinch is like a cool dude. <laughs> like, the person yeah. that's still on all the toys, I'm on his side, you know, just... Yeah, sometimes it's good to have fewer toys. Yeah. The awful, uh, horrible so... monster making life awful. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. So she, they take her away in an ambulance, and uh, as she was fearing that she might not survive, she recorded uh, a statement on her brother's phone that uh, included, the teacher touched me, I will fight this crime till my last breath. And then uh, apparently she died on April the 10th. So it uh, looks like uh, the police have arrested 15 people that were uh, associated with the murder. Uh, and it is receiving uh, you know, worldwide attention at this point. Uh, so it, it is you know, very much in the public eye. To get an idea of how public this news story is, I saw it on my Facebook feed. Just give any concept. Not that that really matters, but in a satirical kind of... I mean, obviously, this is a really important story. People should be made aware of it and stuff like that. So I don't mean to minimize the experience of this individual, experience, um, the fact that it was on my Facebook. But I, I bring that up. As uh, with like the statistics, Tim was like bringing up earlier, the 2,500 people that die as fire rides in India. This is something that's been going on for a very long time. This isn't an isolated incident, and it's I guess it's I don't know how the algorithm works of what why certain things go viral while other things don't. No, no individual's life is worth more than another's. And I'm glad that people are being made aware of this issue and being able to learn about all the previous incidents of these things happening. But 
ultimately is just tragic and awful, and there's not really a lot of good things to say about it. Not particularly. Um, in fact, uh, one of the things that you just mentioned, uh, uh, you know, about public attention, that, that it's partially in the article. Uh, a lot of people were asking, you know, why did Nusrat's case only get attention after she was attacked? And, uh, you know, will her case, of course, change the way that people view sexual harassment in Bangladesh? Uh, so I, I'm sure that they are, are you know, using this. Like it, functionally, this story uh, is is going to be a, a tipping point if if people utilize it properly. Uh, hopefully, it's going to draw attention uh, to the issues that uh, young ladies are experiencing in Bangladesh, and hopefully, you know that that uh, the you know violence against women. Uh, that you know, many, many thousands and thousands of, of women are experiencing across the world. Uh, it, it, you know, it's still well, across the world. We're going to have to get into the millions, if not billions. <laughs> I mean, probably, you know, un- unfortunately, so. You know, there, there, there are many people that are, you know, living less than less than acceptable lives. So it's, uh, yeah. I feel, I feel so lacking <laughs> when, when it comes to speaking on the subject. Well, it's like we've already fucking done this story. Like, this literally, not that long ago, uh, uh, the story we did wasn't in Bangladesh, it was in India, but it was literally the exact same fucking story. There was an individual who was a young woman who was sexually assaulted, who yeah, report, yeah. tried to report the crime, tried to have something done about it, kept, you know, ringing on, trying to make the uh people in power uh pay uh do their fucking jobs and hold people accountable uh because they had committed crimes that were against the law and then the person who was the victim is a person that gets punished and set on fire and it's just i don't know it's just like how many times does this have to fucking happen in order for something to uh change or something different to happen uh i don't know man why fire like that that like uh, that that stands out as being a particularly dramatic offensive tool like why that in particular it's almost like it's almost like you there's like an extreme hatred like what's the worst thing that many modern religions and well i guess (laughs) what's the worst thing that christianity one of the the most prolific religions in the modern day uh can come up with you know this idea of of a hell uh, this this place of eternal torment in which you burn to death for all of eternity, right? So what's worse than burning to death? Apparently nothing. Apparently nothing because that's what hell is. That's, that's the thing, right? Like that's that is that is the the epitome of pain, of torture, of uh, you know, of malicious intent and hatred concentrated. So I, I just like it. I don't know. I, I I tend to like just disengage entirely when I hear stories like this because it's it's just like it's unimaginable that a human being can have this sort of malice or hatred or or be so confused if you're taking the uh you know if you're taking the sympathetic approach like if you're an alien race right and you're looking at this story from light years away and you hear about it you're just like like that's it's not like a caveman beating another caveman over the head with a stick so that he can steal his food. It's it's just like it's hatred incarnate. It's just like disgusting. Yeah, it's unimaginably awful that anyone could get to the point that they could do this to another human being. 
So yeah, silver lining, Jimmy. I mean, we've we've already done this story once, and so the only thing I can think of is the same silver lining we did last time, and it's self-evident in my example earlier of saying, oh, this is on my fucking Facebook fucking page, is that uh, the extreme violence makes people pay attention to it. Apparently, just being sexually assaulted or raped in in the experience of women isn't enough for people to care or do anything to try to change the situation. They have to also be burned alive and die as a result of it in order for people to give two fucks. And I'm sorry <laughs> that I have to be a cynical asshole and put it that way, but that's that's literally self-evident in this story. It's our job, Jimmy. It's what we do. You know, sometimes we have to put it in such words. Ugh. Like, I wish I had some nice, uh, fluffy silver line to to say, you know, oh, look, look, here's this nice, wonderful thing. But if, I, if I'm going to even become even more cynical, probably nothing's still going to change. Probably things are still going to be awful for a really long time. And many more women are going to have to die in similar circumstances before any real actual change happens uh, in order for people to stop uh, experiencing these atrocities. And I wish that wasn't uh, the reality, but that's the only thing that I see happening in the future. Yep, and uh, three months from now, after we're talking about some type of, you know, Canadian law fuck-up, we'll, uh, we'll trick it on you again. and We'll run into another one of these stories. There you go, yeah. Talking about, like, Rohingya women and... You know, all the other, uh, you know, domestic violence that's here in the United States. Oh, like, yeah. We're talking about genital mutilation. I'm like, we'll get there. And, uh, you know, don't you worry. You know, like, we're not, we're not going to, like, we're not going to just, like, lay it on y'all mm-hmm. once. But this isn't the last time you're going to hear about this. <sighs> once again, aren't you glad you listened today? Yep. Uh, so let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's move on to, uh, uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more morbid topic, um, a little bit more quiet topic. Hmm. Um, so we're going to discuss Kodokushi, uh, which translates to lonely death. This is, uh, sounds uplifting. Yeah. This is something that occurs in, uh, in, in Japan, uh, and, uh, has been of, of great notoriety since the early aughts when, uh, a lot of people who were in their, uh, you know, 50s and 60s were being found uh, dead, having decomposed uh, over a significant portion of time. Usually, months had passed. I thought Japanese people were supposed to live forever. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's kind of the weird thing, right? 50s and 60s. Yeah, like that. I think that's that's, that's not that's very the, old. The weirdest things about Kodokushi, like a lot of people are dying much before their time. So do you think that maybe individuals that don't have good support systems die earlier because they have less enrichment in their life? I think you hit the nail on the head, Jimmy. Like, in, in all seriousness, yeah, I think that's totally accurate. Um, there is a book. Let's see. Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Outliers is the name of the book. It, it, it's a great story. It includes a lot of, um, you know, little narratives uh, about individuals who are on the periphery of society, um, doing these weird, unusual things uh, that have these weird, unusual outcomes. And the introduction of the book uh, actually tells about a, a small town that I believe is in New Jersey, uh, in which a lot of the 
a lot of the people there, uh, although suffering from uh, heart disease and uh, and cancers and uh, all types of ailments that people typically experience in old age, uh, were living well into old age. We're talking like most of the people there were were able to reach life expectancies in the 90s, if not hundreds. And it it, it was it was ridiculous because these people obviously weren't in very good shape. You know, it, it, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily something that was in the water, so to speak, but they had this unusual uh, kind of um, social culture in which they would always have uh, this, this kind of um, required visiting time whenever they saw one another. Uh, have you ever heard of the long goodbye? It is probably one of my least favorite things of being in the South. Yeah. If I'm going to be blatantly honest with you. Well, but it's it's one of those things that uh, helps us live a little while longer. I mean, uh, if I was old as shit, right, and that was like the only thing keeping me alive, bring it on. Bring on the long goodbye. I think once I reach, you know, 65, I'm going to be long goodbying everyone between McDonald's and, I don't know, the, the, the checkout line at the fucking bank, right? Yeah. Like right now, 26, like, I got shit to do, man. Yeah, you just go, go, go. All I can't long of... goodbye every person I meet, or I won't get half the shit I need to get done done. I'm right. sorry. And I guess, like, long goodbye is an understatement for what they're doing. Like, I'm sure they're just, like, they're just deeply involved in one another's life, right? So are you telling me, Tim, that if I call my grandma once a week, I'll make her live longer? Yeah, probably. Like, I mean, okay. Uh, yeah, that reminds me. I should probably call my grandma. I mean, if you want her to live longer, man, I mean, that's up to you. I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your grandma, but... You want her to live longer, according to the study you're telling me right now. Apparently, yeah. calling is calling is the solution. It doesn't matter, you know, how defunct her health is or anything else. Well, I advocate for mm-hmm. calling of grandmothers. So all of you folks that are listening right now, I would urge you, at least at the end of this podcast, you know, just take a few moments, call your grandmother. You know what? Fuck it. Turn the podcast off right now. It's not that important. Call your grandma. That's what's really important right now. Yep. I'm not yep. even being facetious. Yeah, we're not we're not guilt tripping yet. It's not going to be that bad. Sometimes they talk slow. Sometimes they talk about things you don't care about. But I mean, what's it really going to cost you to listen for a little? We're bit? in the future. You can put her on speakerphone and do whatever the fuck you want, and she'll have a great time talking at you. Yeah, paint your fingernails, play a video game. It doesn't matter. Like just just have yeah, well, at least try to get that interaction in, like just a little bit. Anyways. Back to the story. Sorry, right? not the side value. So uh, Kodokushi, right? Uh, these people are, are are dying younger, but the the real sad part sets in when you realize that uh, you know they they have been living alone for the majority of their life. In, in this particular instance, uh, we're reading uh, from the Independent, and uh, there's a, a gentleman. Uh, his name was uh, Hiroaki. And he was a uh, contractor uh, for a couple of software firms. And so he never necessarily had good health benefits. You know, he would have to travel. He always lived in like a, a small flat. He didn't ever have a family, uh, you know, past his youth. And it doesn't necessarily talk about his, his, his much younger days. So there's a possibility that he may have never had a significant family life. And as a result of that, you know, he, he lived alone and he ultimately died alone. Uh, and when he was found, he had been dead for months. Uh, Jesus. Which, uh, 
I mean, is is kind of like it, it's very grim, but it's also kind of interesting. Like, how can how can people how can people do that? Like, is it out of is it out of fear? You know, anxiety of interacting with other human beings, or or the fact that they're bad at it. Maybe other people have shunned them. Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily understand. Like, how do you go, you know, days and days and days without human interaction? How is that even possible? I don't know. I I know that even in the United States of America, it's a huge issue where uh, you know older uh, people that don't have good health. Um, the number of interactions they have are little to none. I mean, even knowing my grandmother and her experience, like most of her human interactions are through doctor's appointments. So theoretically, if she was in better health and didn't go to the doctors, I highly doubt she would be interacting with anyone in the outside world on a regular basis, just to be 100% honest. Yeah, uh, the... Uh one of the the authors that's commenting on this story, uh, Kumiko Kano, uh, the author of a book about lonely deaths, uh, mentions that uh, all of these you know, these peoples, uh, their ties are all related to their work, so it's hard for them to jump into the local community. Mm-hmm. So uh, chances are a lot of these folks, you know, their entire life throwing themselves at their company, you know, trying to figure out a way that they can make a living for themselves. And ultimately, when they reach the end of their career, there's nothing left. They've been used up. Well, to hop on to that, uh, when I was working at Trader Joe's, people that don't shop at Trader Joe's, uh, there's a lot of old white people that shop there. (laughs) So I ended up, you know, talking to a lot of old white people or ringing them up. And, you know, occasionally talk to someone, get into some small talk. You know, what are you up to? It's like, oh, I'm retired. I don't do anything. It's like, oh, cool, awesome, retired. That's what I'm working for, right? Hook. <laughs> and then they'll respond of like, no, not really. You don't really see anyone anymore because everyone you know you work with and, you know, they're still working and you're not. So you never really get to hang out or know what's going on. I was like, damn, now I'm sad. Yeah, I've, I've actually – retirement sounds terrifying, at least in the in – the, uh, in the world of capitalism that we live in, like we're, we're bred from a very young age that your usefulness is tied to the amount of money that you're going to be able to make for yourself or the company that you work for. So as soon as that's used up, you know, what are you? You're essentially worthless. So because this is, is socialized into you from such a young age, there's really no getting out of it by the time that you retire. It's not like you're immediately going to like go run out in the woods and decide like, okay, well now's the time for me to explore. Now's the time for me to, to, you know, to, to make a way for myself to, to do with this world, what I will. It's already too late. You've already, you've already placed your bets and hedged them, you know, many, many decades in the past. One particular path. Yeah. So, so now you're, you're here and, uh, you know, from from what I've heard, and, you know, research I've done on the topic, like suicides are much more prevalent in the retired community, um, especially in, in, in men. Uh, so, you know, when, once you retire and, and once you have sequestered yourself from the community uh, that you were a part of, you know, what, what more do you have? Right. You've, you've, you've neglected your social bonds outside of work because you've been working so fucking hard your entire life that now that you're not working anymore, it's like, oh, well, there goes all my social bonds. Right. It's almost like, uh, you know, topics like this are, uh, it, it's almost like it, it, it singularly helps 
things like religion make a lot more sense just because people are afraid, right? They're, they're afraid that they're going to end up like Hiroaki uh, or, uh, you know, some other person that, you know, ends up feeling, uh, you know, so out of the loop that they end up committing suicide in retirement. So I don't know. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing that we see in, in such a, a populous and uh, connected culture that people are, are, are dying without having any type of social interaction and then go on to be unfound for months at a time. Yeah, that's uh, really awful. Pretty awful. Uh, apparently, there's also a little bit of a, a business that's being drummed up by it as well. Uh, a lot of these people uh, uh, that uh, are, I guess, have strong stomachs are able to go in and clean up uh, after these people have been found. Yep, and uh, they charge somewhere around three thousand dollars a pop. So uh, yeah, so if you want to put a number to it. Uh, some of you folks get out there like, hey, maybe some of our grim audience is willing to do it. Yeah, the kind of people that consume this podcast will definitely be interested in a career of cleaning <laughs> up dead people. Yeah. It could be very I lucrative. I mean, come on. Like, as soon as you hear about it, you're like, uh, maybe. When you hear $3,000, you're like, how bad could it be? Yeah. Imagine the most awful situation ever, and then multiply that by a hundred, and that's how bad it can be. Yeah, I, I bet it gets pretty terrible. I hope no one listening to this is eating right now. It seems somewhat—I don't know—somewhat purpose-filled. Like you're, you're kind of like um, you're, you're witnessing purpose-filled. Something. Uh, you're, you're, yeah, you're witnessing something. You can say that about a whole lot of jobs. It doesn't make the job any more fun. Yeah, well, I, I'd much rather witness that than say uh, a fatberg. You know, like they would, would you, Tim? What, what would, what would, it, like, legitimately, would you rather climb into a sewer and have to deconstruct a fatberg in a goddamn sewer, or would you rather go into a home where someone's been dead for three months and has been stinking up a storm decaying, and you have to face death physically and be responsible for cleaning it up to such a degree to which no one can tell someone died? In this house, which would you rather do? Eh, which one pays better? There I'm, you go. That's capitalism in a nutshell. I don't fucking know. Woo! In that case, you're going to clean up the dead body, because I, I assure you it probably pays better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet it would. <laughs> I bet it would. Uh, all right, so uh, we got some silver linings to Kodokushi. A Kodokushi? Um, silver lining to growing up isolated and dying alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like when you like break it down, I don't know. You're, you're keeping the rent high by not sharing your space with other people. Wait, that's not a positive unless you're a renter. Pretty awesome. Uh, I think the fact that like people are, uh, are, are publishing stories like this and that, that uh, individuals like you and I are interested in is proof that our society is at the very least recognizing that this is abnormal and that uh, uh, it doesn't necessarily need to occur. So I, I don't think that that's mm-hmm. enough to say uh, disseminate this attitude towards our viewers who will then, you know, uh, try to develop a culture throughout the world based on it. Well, the silver lining is you can get to know your neighbors. So it's not that hard. If everyone 
knows the people that live next to them, then, theoretically, no one should be dying being left in their apartment for three months. Because if everyone knows the two people that live next to them, you don't, you don't even have to know that many people, right? Everyone just has to know two, right? The person to your left, the person to your right. And if you know those two, and you don't see them leave or go into their home for a couple weeks, maybe you let somebody know. Right. Yeah, you should. You should communicate with your neighbors. Uh, something that I, I really regret uh, after I moved to uh, the area in which I live right now, uh, and something that I, I had always done, and I'd always been very fortunate of, a lot of uh, our neighbors had been relatively friendly. Uh, so whenever we would move to a new area, uh, my family would uh, take like a, a, a like a small gift. Like usually it was like some kind of like sweet baked good or something like that, you know, to the neighbors in order to at least establish the communication. Got like, some like, carrot cake. My, my my young son is going to be living next to you. We made these carrot cake cupcakes. We hope you'll be nice to him and treat him well. Yeah. <laughs> he is such a young soul and, you know, take good care of him because we'll be far away and won't be able to do such. Uh, well, my parents didn't do that. Uh, what, what I'm saying is that I wish I had done that. I wish I had kept up with that, that tradition and that I had done that with all of the neighbors that I, I, I currently live with. So you're saying your parents had good bonds with, her, with their neighbors and you didn't, you have not. Up to this point. Yeah, I feel like I kind of feel like a piece of shit because I I know at least one of my neighbors is something of a shut in and I've interacted with her. I don't know, maybe uh, a half dozen times since I've lived here for four years. Like it's it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like and I, don't, I don't mean to like get down on myself on our, our public podium, but like. It, that's a damn shame. Like, yeah, that is a shame. You're a piece of shit, Tim. Piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, you're totally right. God damn it. No, I'm just kidding. But her dog always barks at me. Her dog always barks at me. What's a, that's a that's an excuse for conversation right there. I I always try to make a joke like, oh, little buddy's not happy or something like that. She's like, <laughs> she's, just, she's just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, and just like walks off. Like she walks around the corner and I'm like, what are you, why'd you leave? Like, where are you going? <laughs> I only, uh, know one of my neighbors because he smokes cigarettes all the time. And so he's like in his late thirties, early forties. And he's just like, even though I live in Kentucky, he's what I imagine of like a skater. He's like, Hey man, how's it going? <laughs> even though he's like, in his early 40s, and I imagine, like, that kind of person to, like, not be that kind of outwardly friendly personality of, like, oh, hi. How's it going, Steven? Pretty good, man. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. That's basically our entire relationship. I've summed it up right there. Yeah. Which, I mean, at the same time, it's, like, a lot more than I have with 95% of my other neighbors. So I don't think it goes too far. I don't know. It's better than nothing. Exactly. You don't have to be best friends, but... I think it's nice to just acknowledge each other's existence and not just right. be so atomized. You just pretend like everyone around you is a fucking robot and you don't acknowledge them. Right, right. But, you know, you're moving soon, Tim, so you have the full opportunity to make some sweet-ass fucking carrot cake fucking cupcakes and go to your neighbor's house door by door and say, 
Hi, me and my wife just moved next to you. We're your neighbors. Yeah. Let's be pals. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> Come on. You, we just, what the fuck? If that's not the silver lining of this story, then it's just like, let your neighbors die. Let them rot. Don't know them. Who cares? Man. Capitalism will fix it. Someone will clean their house. It's yes. not going to be you. Fine. I'll do it. Do it. I hope you do. I will. I dare you. A triple double dog dare dog dare you. Oh man. If you don't do it, then you're just you're just allowing us to live in this I don't know what fucking word you used earlier for people dying alone, but you're contributing to it, man. How can you how can you sleep at night? Huh? Kudakushi. Kudakushi, yeah, you're making the kudakushi. You're making all these people around you so kushi. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. Making them all kushi. But then if I make them all kushi and they turn into dim bones, then maybe I can take dim bones and I can turn them into a prophet. It's a fucked up segue, but I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Because I read the outline. So, for our next story, it seems, once again, from Japan. <laughs> I want to yeah, go. Here. That's our segue here, Japan. Last story, Japan. This story, Japan. Japan, Japan. Uh, Japanese police... Uh, are currently questioning uh, the maker of anatomical skeletons uh, after they find 500 human bones in their garden. So it's a lot of fucking bones. Like, how do you how do you fucking hide? Like, how big does your garden have to be? Like, I imagine this person was in the suburbs of Tokyo. I imagine the real estate for Tokyo is real tight. It's like San Francisco. You live in a fucking like shoebox. And it's millions and millions of dollars, right? So how the hell yeah. did this guy have enough lottage that he was able to hide 500 people's bones in his freaking garden? Well, I mean, you technically only need a couple of human beings, right? Like if you had if you had full human beings, it's at 206 bones per person, right? Wait, what? You've almost got you've almost got 500 right there. Wait, 500 and what? 500 bones. If you have what? A couple of people. But it said, but the, but the thing is, I don't think you're, I don't think you're reading the article correctly because it says estimated 500 people in the garden. So it's 500 different people. Yes, one human being has a shit ton of fucking bones, but it's saying it has 500 different independent people's bones. Holy shit, you're right. That's, that's totally different. There's a difference between 500 bones and 500 people's bones. Yes, one hand has like 5 billion bones or whatever the fuck. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, even if he had just 500 people's hands, that's a lot of fucking space. He just got like hands all over his back. I don't even have 500 Hot Wheel cars, man. Like the few, like the, like the maybe 100 Hot Wheel cars that I have takes up a shit ton of space. So I don't know how. He had space to put all these fucking people. He just got like a hand stuffed in a tomato plant. <laughs> That's the only thing that would make sense. Oh, dude. Yeah, so basically yeah. Uh, this guy had a company called Habara Skeleton Specimen Research Institute. And he would create these anatomically correct uh, skeletons that would be used by... I'm guessing healthcare professionals and otherwise and other educational institutes to teach individuals about anatomy and bone structures and any other things of that nature. But I guess eventually 
people started to get <laughs> suspicious of, man, these guys fucking, damn, these anatomical created skeletons just look so realistic. Yeah, the best I've ever seen. These are the best. Like, I don't even know how he was able to do this and replicate it again and again and again and sell these anatomically created structures for such a high price how was he able to do such yeah. and that was the point where the police became became uh suspicious and started uh, started digging up lots around his yard and found the 500 individuals not 500 bones individuals in his garden yeah it's it's pretty ridiculous although i it's not a, a particularly uncommon practice to include literal human bones in these anatomical research skeletons up until, I mean, the last century, like, I mean, like they were, they were still prevalent in, in schools. In fact, we've, we've probably seen multiple real life skeletons in our life. I doubt it. I don't think so. I don't believe it. Nope. Well, I mean, I, I, I've sought some of that kind of shit out, but I'm, I'm like, uh, I mean, in real life, right? Like in your person, I don't think, I think all the ones you've seen at school and stuff like that were fake. There were these no, fake no. bullshit ones. No. What the fuck do you mean no? No, there was actually one at my high school uh, that was uh, it was 100% real. It was pretty fucked up. The uh, the science teacher would always told us like they kept it behind glass. Obviously, they didn't want kids fucking with it. But it was a uh, it was a small Indian girl. What the fuck? Why the fuck did your podunk fucking school in Kentucky have a small Indian girl? Well, it was. Actually, a, a pretty, uh, pretty good school, uh, relatively well funded, and uh, apparently they used some of that money and/or received a donation of a human skeleton to put in our research lab. Um, sorry, our daughter was one of those fire brides we mentioned earlier that was burned <laughs> because we didn't have enough of a dowry, and so we're trying to get some of that money back by selling our daughter's remains to a fucking school in kentucky to be put on display to learn about anatomy <laughs> and then the principal or you know the superintendent's like oh my god i can't believe that you would try to offer that particular item to me I, that that's absolutely disgusting I, I i am i am appalled and then they're like how about 200 and they're like sold absolutely we'll take it uh, actually, make it 185 and throw in some extra femurs. I like to play drums with <laughs> some extra femurs. <laughs> yeah, and what the well, the added extra layer of what's fucked up. So when they um, asked the individual who ran this uh, company in Japan about the 500 individuals buried in his yard, he was like, "Oh, those bones? Why didn't you ask?" Yeah, I imported those bones from India, like, a bajillion years ago. Yeah, Why didn't yeah. you say so? A few decades ago. <laughs> oh, that's vague. That's vague enough to work, apparently. Yeah, so to add once again, it very well could be that these poor individuals' bones that were found in this guy's fucking suburban home garden were... Uh, fire brides from India. So it's full circle. That's a clusterfuck of sadness. Yep. I, I don't know what to say about it. Pretty disgusting. Uh, and apparently even schools in Kentucky get these sweet-ass Indian girl bones. Apparently they're just on the market everywhere. Japan, Kentucky, uh, wherever you want. Uh, you can find Indian girl bones anywhere for the low, low price of who knows what the fuck. Yeah. 
I mean, hey, you know, if we pull our resources, Jimmy. Yeah, we could have some. Yeah. When you and I, Tim, finally get a studio, you know, and we could just have uh, Indian girl bones in the corner to remind us of why it's okay to be a cynical fuckhead in this world. Yeah, we're going to like, uh, we're going to pose her up, put some little glasses on her, make her look like she's like reading a book. And then we're going to like put our arms around her and be like, cynic empowerment. We're going to like put our thumbs up and stuff. Like, it's cool. Cynic empowerment. This is what cool people do. It is unlikely that the identities of the dead people will be confirmed. How about that? That's pretty good stuff. Oh, so great. Uh, silver lining. Silver lining. Uh, this guy done got caught. <laughs> True. Like he's uh he's a, he's about to get like prosecuted to all get out. Like he's there. He's not getting out of this one. <laughs> yeah, you can only keep five hundred human skeletons on your property for so long before eventually being held accountable for it. Like, can you imagine if this guy never fucking got caught and then some other asshole in the future uh, bought the, the the place that he lives at? And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do some gardening out here. I'm going to plant some flowers. Okay, it's going to be great. And he goes out there with his little trowel just digging up the ground. It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and just... Oh, so like, oh, here's one. Here's one dead body. Oh, there's two dead bodies. What the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wanted to have a swimming pool. Pretty unfortunate. What do you think the chances are of this guy uh, actually not putting any of the bones in his garden? And in fact, uh, he was uh, just moving into the area. Just had a little hobby on the side. <laughs> yeah. Happened to have imported some bones at one point, And then they were like, hey, this guy's super creepy. You want to check his garden? And then they walk back there, and of course there's a bunch of skeleton bones. So they're like, hey, dude, like you probably put these bones here. And he was like, no way, man. I definitely didn't do that. No way, Jose. Is that me? Can't put that on me. They done got him. Done got him. They're like, yeah, where'd you get those bones? He's like, I don't know. He's like, where'd you get them bones? An Indian girl. Yeah. Hashtag Indian girl. Just when in doubt, just stream Indian girl. Yeah. I think we're going to name our – we should rename our podcast Indian Girl. Yeah, that won't be offensive or awful or anything. All right. Well, that's all I got for those. Um, yeah. I don't know. Tim, with all of uh, these happy subjects in mind, is there anything making you independently sad? Something that's making me independently sad. Yeah, outside of all the other shit we talked about. Uh, Yeah, I'm having some memory issues. I don't know if it's whether I've got too much on my plate or, uh, you know, whether I'm just like focusing my mind on the wrong things. Uh, but I'm just having a lot of trouble focusing and like not to the degree that I have like Alzheimer's or something. Uh, cause I, I've, I've certainly seen, you know, the, the, uh, the true sadness that is, is, is Alzheimer's. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's disturbing, at least like it's getting to the point where it's like I can't remember I can't remember important dates like I and like I know it's like, oh, everybody forgets like their anniversary once in a while. But it's like I can't remember like birthdays of my family members and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. I'm just going to like do some thinking, maybe like do some reworking, try to focus. Here's a question, Tim. Did you ever know the birthdays of your family members? Was yes, there a point yes. where you? Oh, well, in that case, that is a little alarming. I think I did. Uh, so yeah, it might just be like I've, you know, my priorities are, 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 have been reset, 
you know, I, I haven't been around my family for, uh, you know, a half decade now. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm just, uh, I'm out of the loop. I'm out of the loop that much. And I'm, uh, have you ever considered a calendar? Yeah. I, I use more calendars than I know what to do with. How many calendars do you have? I have three calendars that I use regularly and a couple on my phone. Maybe the issue is that, like, maybe all the information isn't all on one that you can, like, go back to and, like, resource to. So you're, like, you look at one calendar and it doesn't, like, have your dad's birthday on it. You're, like, okay, sweet. I'm good. I don't have to buy my dad fucking shit. And then later, it's, like, after your dad's birthday and you look at a different calendar, you're, like, fuck. I fucked up. I should have been looking at this calendar. (laughs) This is the calendar that has my dad's birthday. If yeah. I had all the information on one, this would be a shit ton of a lot easier. It, I mean, it, it does make it easier, but it's just – it's a crutch at that point, right? Like it's not like I'm actually remembering it. It's just like I'm using other resources to be able to reference, which is basically basically what I use my phone for, right? Like it's like if I don't know something, I'm just like look it up. Um, but yeah, that's me. What about you? What are you sad about? Um, I feel really bad about being sad about what I'm sad about when I start to consider all of the uh, subjects that we talked about up until this point. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> I'm going to say it anyways. All right. I'm sad about people that don't eat the crust of their pizza. Oh, yeah, that's pretty sad. I feel like that's a complete and utter waste of resources. I understand that we talked about people being burned alive and people dying alone uh, young and early because they had no human interactions yep. and all of these awful, dismal things. But I was walking my girlfriend's dog today mm-hmm. and I don't have, you know, I can't like, I can't watch out for every second for her of her life to make sure that she's okay and that, you know, she's not going to like put literal trash in her fucking mouth. But I see her like, <laughs> like snatch down on something. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> And my girlfriend's dog, Sasha, that is her name, the dog's name, Sasha, had fucking pizza crust in her goddamn mouth. So some fucking animal was walking around my apartment complex eating pizza, and instead of, like, eating, like, the crust, like a normal fucking human being, because, you know, that's calories and that's food, too, and it tastes just fucking fine, I was like, oh, you know, fuck it, I'll just fucking throw this fucking pizza crust on the ground. Who the fuck is it going to hurt? And then my dog had those human germs in her mouth, and I made her spit it up, and I threw it. I threw it. I didn't even throw it away. I just like tossed it into a bush. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess also somewhat makes me an awful human being, but um, I don't know. It just it just grinds my gears. I'm just like, be a fucking adult. Eat your goddamn pizza crust. It's not that big a fucking deal. There are children starving all over the world, including the United States of America. Just eat your fucking pizza crust. God it's damn it. Outside, and you're going to see, like, a squirrel on the sidewalk that's got its, like, head straight up in the air, and, like, the pizza crust is trying to just choke it down. It's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> exactly. Whoa, that squirrel's totally choking on that pizza. Oh, sorry. Sorry, squirrel. Shouldn't have thrown that pizza crust at you. Or it's, like, stuck in its cheeks. It's, like, big old hammerhead squirrel. <laughs> I've led to your demise. I'm sorry. Excellent. That's pretty good. Hell yeah. I understand, too, man. All right. Well, if anybody wants to tell us about uh, this squirrel that they saw eating pizza crust recently, you can let us know 
at all of these different places. Where can they let us know, Jimmy? All right. If you want to talk to us about the things that make you sad, you can do so by emailing us at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you there. You can also like us on Facebook and send us a message at Cynic Empowerment, or you can tweet at us at our Twitter handle, which is CynicEmpowerMe1. We would love to hear from you. Give us your feedback, your responses, your thoughts, concerns, disparaging remarks. We take them all. That we do. Oh, man. Well, guys, it's a, it's been a little bit of a, a dismal episode, but we appreciate you sticking with us this far. Um, we hope that you can uh, keep your head up. And we will catch you next time. Aw, hell yeah. Go and, um, yeah, yeah. Do, damn it. I like, try to, like, try to, like, work something in from the episode that the, uh, listeners can do. Yeah. Whenever you find yourself on an escalator, make sure you follow all the rules. Yeah. Make sure the next time you find yourself on an escalator, you know, you have hands not on, you know, you don't have to just have one hand on the bar both bars have your hands on both bars of the escalator holding clamping down as hard as you can you never know when that escalator is going to take you for a wild ride we want you to be safe no we want no. all of our listeners to be safe on the escalators especially in canada fuck it i'm gonna try to beat the escalator its own game i'm gonna go up the down escalator it's gonna be like a fucking treadmill from hell and i'm gonna run all the way up it all fucking day as long as you have uh, Rocky-style music playing in the background, I fully support this message. I'm going to get like a fucking hoodie, and I'm going to cut the sleeves off. I'm going to give me some boxing gloves. I'm up there. And I'll be like, everybody step to the side, because, you know, there's not a whole lot of room. You know, it's hard to fucking run up there. And then I'm gonna like get to the top and be like, duh, 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 duh. I'm about to throw my hands up, and like as soon as I do, like I let go a little bit too soon, and then out of nowhere, this cop's gonna be like, uh, hey, uh, I happen to notice during your Rocky theme song that you weren't grabbing onto both of the handrails. <laughs> and and that's when you would go to the United States Supreme Court, full circle. I love it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Magic of editing. <laughs>